What's going on, traders? Welcome back to Pre-Market Prep. Let's get to the action. Disney with a little bit of a some dividend action. And Kramer, 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 what were you thinking on Pfizer last night? What happened there? Ulta Beauty coming in with their earnings. Marvell, Dell Technologies. Well, um, Joel, I don't think you're going to be getting that Dell anymore. We'll talk a little bit about, of course, we'll get into the Cybertruck event. Did you guys catch the Cybertruck? One of the best clips, I saved it for you guys today right here. We'll get into Baba and we got David Trainer, founder and CEO of New Constructs. Let's get pre-market started. It's time to rise and shine, team. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, traders, let's take a look at the action. The SPY is coming down from this morning. Looks like we had a little 5 a.m. spike, got up there to 457.34. But, man, we'll talk about the rampant close of yesterday. That was definitely interesting. Uh, let's take a look. The Qs are pretty much doing the same thing, a little spike at 5, still coming down. Uh, yesterday, definitely a pullback day in some technology. We'll get into that action. Uh, let's take a look there at oil. Oil was battling. It was starting to make a move up, and then the Oxy news hit. That definitely felt like it turned things around. We'll talk a little bit about that. Gold pulling back. Silver doing the same, guys. So we'll get into that action. Let's go ahead. Let's just bring on Dennis Dick. Let's get to the market. Of course, yesterday, as we were getting into the close, yeah. we saw a little, just, just a little bit of a rally. And I think it was a little bit of a sneaky one. Because I don't think that many people were paying attention to it. At least like I was. I was focusing on Tesla. Because that was right when the Cybertruck event was going on. And boy, did we have a little bit of a rip up there in the SPY, the cues towards the close. What do you see, Dennis? Uh, can you show it? Maybe zoom in on the chart just to the close we'll from yesterday. Because it was an incredible right ramp. Mitch is going to zoom in here for us to that end of the day. Um, again, there it is. I, I think it's, that's it right that's there. That's a five-minute chart here. Yeah, so literally in 20 minutes, we went from 454 on the SPY to almost 457. So we rallied 25 S&P handles in the last 20 minutes. This is your classic end of the month window dressing. November 30th, end of the month. Money managers just, it was a great month for stocks and they wanted these stocks on their portfolios. They wanted to show and they bought the hell, I mean the hell out of the S&P. Microsoft rallied from 376 to 378 and a half in the last 10 minutes. Um, so it was all your mega caps, all the stocks that maybe they didn't have on their books that they wanted to have on the books. They just bought these stocks relentlessly in the last 20 minutes. So huge end of the month rally. Typically, historically, the end of the month window dressing rallies don't hold. So it's an automatic fade for me. I actually sold the clothes on the S&P. Sold the close. Leaning short here today. You know why I trade hedged? I'm actually short here overall today just because it's such a classic run-up. It felt like um, it was going to get faded. It is already getting faded. A little bit concerning overnight, but obviously, you know, that has uh, the rally has faded now. Um, 5 a.m. traders seem to always get it wrong. So it feels more right now. I feel like we're going to have a rougher day for stocks here. And if we really look at what was happening before that, Yesterday, mm -hmm. we had a lot of weakness in the mega cap tech. You know, NVIDIA okay. was down significantly. Microsoft was down significantly. We had a lot of weakness. A lot of these stocks closed okay because of the last 20 minutes. But that last 20 minutes hit a lot of problems yesterday. We were really getting into profit taking yesterday yeah. and a lot of big guns there. So if we didn't have that last 20 minutes, it would have been a pretty ugly day for the markets. But it wasn't. I mean, at the one point in time, QQQs was down significantly at 3.30. And then obviously we ramped up from 3.86 to 3.88.5, which made the day not look so bad, getting back over two-thirds of the losses from the day. 
in the last 20 minutes. But I think when you lift under the hood, it was definitely some problems yesterday. Yeah, I went after it with SOCKS I was in already from the day prior. So I rode that up and took the profits. And I feel like, you know, one of the things with this move is that, yeah, we're going to get some pullback. But do I expect like, a let's say like a two or three week long pullback? No, I think it's going to be a quick one. Because I think that, uh, of course, you got some buy the dip mentality out there. I think a lot of people are looking for opportunities, especially to maybe get in some of those big boys. Let's get to Pfizer. Definitely interesting stock movement there. Guys, this was moving up in the after hours. And all of a sudden, boom, goes the dynamite. They morning come in with, with this news this morning. Pfizer said that it would stop developing twice daily version of its experimental weight loss pill after obese patients taking the drug lost weight but had trouble tolerating the drug. Um, so definitely not what you want to see here. They said that they still plan to release phase two trial data on the once a day version of the drug in the first half of 2024. So this will inform their path moving forward if they will continue doing it or not. But looks like the twice daily version definitely having negative effects. Of course, Pfizer is trying to get into what they say is a $10 billion market uh total market addressable here so this is definitely interesting but negative for pfizer could this be positive for the other companies maybe uh no the other companies don't care at all i mean pfizer is late to the party on everything just the mismanagement here since the COVID. obviously they were all over COVID, and it's just you know been a lot of problems ever since i was watching mad money last night i know spinner is bringing it up a lot of people tuttle was bringing it up here this morning he has impeccable timing, I tell you, Jim Cramer. So last night on Jim Cramer, they get a caller. And the caller says, what do you think of Pfizer? And he's like, you know what? He's like, I'm just going to say it here right now. Pfizer has bottomed. That's <laughs> last night. Last night on CNBC. And that's why you see that little green candle. Yep. That little green that's candle. that little pop. That's the Cramer pop now. Buying it up because Pfizer, you know, and it went up 20 cents on that, you know, on Jim Cramer last night. And Jim Cramer has been moved something, but he was very convicted when he said, let, you let know, me guess, I think Dennis. Pfizer has bottomed. He, he ran over to the button and was just like, he, he didn't say buy. He said it was weird. He said, I think it is bottomed, but then he said, don't buy. So I don't know what, you know, that was weird that he said, don't buy, but he said it completely said it. Pfizer has bottomed. Yeah. I mean, the guy just has the worst luck. I mean, what is the odds of that? He comes out. He has been not talking bullish on Pfizer. And the day <laughs> that he comes out, the very, very, very next day, it comes out with about the worst news you could get. The weight loss drugs is what's driving everything. They say their weight loss drug is no good. I yeah. mean, they're going to slam the stock down on that. That is bad luck. So, honestly, <laughs> it may be not a bad call. Maybe you know, I'm still long Pfizer, my very long-term account. Been longer for a very long time. It's been a dog, dog of all dogs. Uh, it may not be a bad call down here at 5.61% yield for the long term, but just impeccable timing by Jim Cramer. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I I'm sure this morning and uh, just like a lot of places, he was just like a, a few, few moments, moments later. later. <laughs> it definitely hit him with this. Um, and uh, Pfizer, where, where are the levels where it stops the leak, Dennis? It's hard. It's hard because technically I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm like, well, where do I get this? Right. I mean, I do see some support over here, but is support support? I mean, it's been on a what is this is now what I think there's only one slight green month there, but it's like a whole year. It's, it's, been, it's been coupled in with the COVID stocks and it's like, you know, we are punishing the COVID stocks. Some of them down to zero, I believe, in the case of Novavax. I do believe eventually Novavax is a zero. Um, I don't know what you know when that is, or maybe I should say bankrupt because apparently bankrupt companies don't ever go to zero. They just yeah, yeah. There's a difference companies. nowadays. But but <laughs> but I do believe, and I've said that for a long time. I mean, it's five bucks. I'm not shorting the thing down here, and it's going to have these short squeezes, and there is high short interest in it. That's all possible there. But Moderna, you know, is trading 77. I mean, they've just punished these stocks down so significantly here. BNTX, obviously, the one with Pfizer. Um, and then Pfizer just relentlessly punished, punished down to a valuation, which is starting to become attractive. But again, you know, they're getting very little revenue now from those COVID shots. So, I mean, you know, things have changed and that's where I messed up. I, I had Pfizer. I was long Pfizer for $14. I added to the position. I guess never add to a winner. I added to it up at like 46 
which was a year and a half ago, I think. Terrible ad, and the stock's down here at 29, and I'm probably almost at break even here now on my long-term Pfizer position. But it's been an absolute dog. But if you've got a 10-year time horizon and you're buying Pfizer at 30, this is now six or seven-year lows here for Pfizer. I think you're probably happy if you have that time horizon. But as a trade, man, it's just been tough going for Pfizer bulls. Disney declaring a thir- dividend here of 30 cents after the move of a three-year hiatus. Um, I've been wondering if Disney would come right back down. It has come down a little bit since the kind of the push, but there's some gaps here that it keeps holding. Is can Disney hang on here? So so, so I read the press release very, 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 very closely because everybody's talking about Disney reinstating the dividend. I saw nothing, unless something, I haven't looked at it this morning, so maybe they come out with more news or not. But everybody is stating that the 30-cent dividend reinstated. I have not seen anything about a reinstatement here. I saw a one-time, I saw a dividend. They said they declared a dividend for the second half of of Hmm. 2023 that we just went by of 30 cents. Didn't say anything about a quarterly dividend. Didn't say anything about reinstatement. But everybody on CNBC, all the hosts are saying, reinstated the quarterly dividend. That's not in the PR. So I think it popped. And I think people are starting to realize that, hey, was this just a one-time dividend? Was this just a 30 cents for the back half of 2023, which it clearly says in that? Are we jumping to conclusions that they're full, that they have reinstated the quarterly dividend? I don't know. But I did not see, I did not see that they have that dividend. Uh, Spile Barr saying Disney had never had a quarterly dividend. That is incorrect. Disney had a quarterly dividend for a very long time. Um, yeah, it did. That, but they knocked it down to zero during COVID, and they've never brought it back. So they've re- they so they haven't fully from the from the press release. It says nothing about reinstating the quarterly dividend, but it does say that they are paying a thirty cent dividend for the back half of twenty twenty three. So they are giving a dividend. I don't know if it's quarterly or not, so I wonder if we're jumping to conclusions about the reinstatement. I wonder that it's now given back the $1 gain that it enjoyed last night. If it isn't shareholders questioning, is it reinstated or isn't reinstated? I want the answer to that question. That's a good question. Dennis Dick taking a look inside the report there, and uh, who knows? Maybe they even got it wrong on CNBC. We'll find out, of course. Bile is saying it was a half-year dividend, that they always gave it every half year. I, I don't think that was the case. Can we go to the pro? Mitch, yeah, I can back. at least show Let's you. Let's go to the pro. Mitch will go into the pro. Show us. Show us what yeah, you're doing. Go you and right show now. us the pro. It's a good opportunity to advertise the pro. We never advertise it that much. I mean, this is the product that keeps us in business, folks. So if you can subscribe to the pro, it keeps the show going. This is what, you know, keeps us going here is the pro. So, so what let's I see if is, there was, was there quarterly dividends? He's oh, frequency two. Right now. Frequency two tells me that he might just be right. He might here. be right. Half year. Half year, dividend, half year dividends. What we we're doing. So you can see it here too, right? December 7th and July 6th, December 8th, July 6th. So yeah, two times a year, Dennis. Good so they call. Quarterly, we learned something every day. Spielbar, I apologize. Good call. That's what it's it about. Half year dividend. That's weird because there's so many. So so they're way off when the media is saying they've reinstated the quarterly dividend. They never even had a quarterly dividend. So <laughs> it's a half-year dividend. Great call, Spiel. I'm, Great there's call. very few companies that do that half-year dividend. Most of them are usually quarterly, especially on like the big guns like the S&P. So that's very interesting. I never knew that on Disney, that it was a half-year dividend. So maybe they're going to continue. So maybe the half-year dividend is reinstated. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Uh, but you know, it's interesting in the PR. But So if we're only doing 30 cents out of half, then people are saying, oh, it's a dollar twenty, you know, on the yield they were saying last night. That's not the case. It would be sixty cents then. So that's wrong too. So CNBC all over the place wrong on this one. So um thirty cent half year dividend, different story. All right. We'll see. Uh Disney, good, I'm good, looking at the technicals here. And thanks to Pro for keeping a history of like everything in there. It's nice yeah. to be able to go into a system and just look that up. That's what it's all about. Um, I'm watching to see if this 92 gets broken again on Disney. Uh, that 92 breaks. I think we can even go back down below towards the next gap, towards 87. We'll see what happens. Disney's been running. Netflix pulled back a little bit. I'm keeping my eye on both of these. They've been on a huge run. Look at Netflix starting to turn around here. So I like to watch Netflix and look for Disney's technicals, um, especially one usually leads the other. Let's see what happens there. 
Um, and again, course. I used to pair trade these. Right now, I'll tell you, Money Mitch, Disney and Netflix are completely disconnected. They've been disconnected, disconnected for a while. Yeah, because the Disney Plus, here's why. The Disney Plus, they're giving it a value of zero in Disney. They're giving that a value of zero because they can't figure it out. It's burning cash. And it might even have a negative value. I'm not even joking in Disney right now because when Disney first came out, you know, obviously COVID and a lot of things have happened since then, but it was 125 Disney Plus. Now Disney's at 90. So they're giving it no value at all. That's why it's disconnected now from Netflix. If they start to figure out streaming, then it might reconnect with Netflix, but they're completely separate companies here now. And those charts just do not move together at all anymore. Even when Disney reports, Netflix doesn't even really care. Um, Netflix, Disney just completely disconnected. I will say on the chart on Netflix and a lot of the, it's the same story with a lot of the mega cap tech stocks. They're tired. They're tired. I mean, yeah. Netflix put four or five tops in the 480 and now it looks tired. I mean, that's the same thing with all these charts. They're just getting tired here. Microsoft, a little bit of a reversal, you know, topping out for a few days there, trying to go higher. Apple, same thing, kind of looks tired. They just had huge moves, folks. These have been really big moves. And like I said, I think we're due for a little healthy pullback. Ulta here. Let's get to my favorite. Um, why is it my favorite? Because it was a hell of a call there from 390s. Ulta Beauty Q3 EPS $5.07 beats the $4.95 estimate. Sales of $2.49 billion beat the $2.47 billion estimate. Ulta Beauty revises the fiscal year net sales outlook from 11 0.5 to and 11.15 to 11.10 and 11.15 billion. So a little bit of a raise there um, on the bottom end. Um, and then they also raised their EPS guidance here to 25.20 and 25.60. It got a nice lift. Honestly, I can tell you guys, I only had one share left for this earnings move. I'm getting rid of it. <laughs> I'm getting rid of it here. I, I liked it yesterday. We talked about it. I don't know if it's pre-market prep or the closing print. I came on the closing print yesterday um, on Joel's show there. Um, I, 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 the only thing I said ahead of the earnings report, I was like, Alta has a history of beating. And right mm -hmm. now they're buying stocks that are beating. So, I mean, it's a big pop for Alta. And this is a company that has a history of beating earnings. So, it's a big pop. I can't chase things here now at this point in time, though. But it was a good hold for you through the report here, Mitch, 48 points here uh trading up obviously that's significant yeah man uh, it was a really nice trade i wonder how elf will get a lift or not on this um, yeah it is elf is already trading up here i believe elf already reported though Did, yeah, didn't yeah, elf yeah. Already report? It, it, so when they already it, report sometimes the response is a little muted but it's a pretty big move here for elf and then also think estee lauder el or we call, like, like it. to call it on the show estee slaughter okay. i mean it's not getting any move at all here with this it's actually Did trading down the so they, they hate this stock there's another oh. one they hate, Pfizer and Estee Lauder. They okay. hate those stocks. Look at the fill the gap, though, on that Estee Lauder. Remember how negative the news was? And it filled that whole gap up, man. A lot of these stocks have been filling gaps. Like Also, just to kind of mention, it's a different stock, but TDD has been working its way back from that kind of disaster. These gap fills coming back, they don't, they don't look the, too the bad. Tech, if you can play. get the tack on the depths. I think it's the tech on the depths as I like opposed that. to just like everything that. on the depths. Let's go to Marvell Technology here. Q3 adjusted EPS, 41 cents beats the 40 cent estimate. Revenues of 1.419 billion beat the 1.4 billion estimate. Why, why, why no love for Marvell? Um, it's funny. This actually went the exact opposite. So the algos got really messed up on this. Well, no, the, sorry, they did buy, they did sell it. They sell them all, but then it ripped higher. It ripped higher afterwards on this, and Here, then they sold it off. Five, so a little bit of the opposite playbook last night. Last night, they're they're selling the rip. I think Marvell down near 50 probably finds some love. You're 53. I think you're early maybe if you're just coming in and buying this dip. I just don't feel like today is the day to go bargain-based and shopping. We just got past a November 30th window dressing event. I feel like today and the next couple of days could be like that, you know, pullback that we've been looking for ahead of the end of the year ramp. I do think you're going to get an end of the year ramp here again, but I think the next couple of days could be weaker for the market. Like I said, I'm short the market here right now. Well, I'm short, you know, stocks overall. I'm, I'm often come in and I like try to bounce it out. If I'm long 500,000 worth of stocks, I'm short $500,000 worth of stocks. I kept myself somewhat short here today. So I don't do that very often. So it means I'm fairly convicted that this, you know, rally that we got at the end of the day is going to get faded. So I'm sometimes wrong. Sometimes those are really bad calls when I stay that way. But so far, so good for me on the short side. 
It's a Dell. It's a Dell. Let's go to Dell and take a look here. EPS at the dollar eighty-eight beats the dollar forty-seven estimate. Sales of twenty-two point two five billion misses the twenty-three billion estimate. Um, man, this had been riding high into the unbelievable report. moves. Unbelievable. I Is mean, that an all-time high for Dell? I, I mean, I, I could, yeah. At least from what I have, yeah, I have readings back to twenty nineteen. Because yeah. um, it, it came back, back right? Public. It came back, right? So yeah, I'm not, I, I don't have that prior data. So that's that's something to note. Um, but man, this has been on a massive run since pretty much April, actually late March. Um, what is this run? This is a hundred and four point four eight percent run. That's yeah. from when? That's from um, March thirteenth, the twenty third. So in seven yeah, man, hundred and runs so far now. It's like you get this pullback here, and you're like, "This is the opportunity." And, and you know, the trend is your friend. The yeah, trend is still up, so the probably buyers come in the seventy area. It's a logical area for them to come in. But just giving that perspective, when you're looking at that, like all these stocks, you know, like you get these little dips, and you're like, "Ah, oh, you know, this is the pullback we wanted." But I mean, you are buying something that has really run this year. Stocks up a hundred percent from March. I mean, I can't chase them up here, even nah. even though you're buying a dip here today. It still kind of feels like you're chasing it. Yeah, and I just think the consumer, everyone telling us that it's slowing down. The Fed has been telling us also they see things slowing down. I don't like Dell next year. I think we're going to slow down next year. I keep saying that. But again, it's not the time. Today, a couple days, be short stocks. But I'm not going to be shorting into the end of the year ramp. Because you get November 30th happening at you, that last week of Christmas, and you get run over. The date of short stocks is going to be January one. Think, I think the tech stocks too, not the IWM that's beaten up. Yeah. I think the data short tech stocks is going to be January 1st. That's going to be the money that I think we're going to start to make. And it may not happen. Last year, I think it took a day. So I mean, yeah, but I think yeah, if you're positioning yourself, I think January sets up bad for tech, but I think December sets up well. So I'm still looking for dips as trading opportunities. Dell's probably not a bad idea on the dip, but again, just run a long ways. Give a perspective, folks. Mitch, Money Mitch giving you a good perspective here with 100% move this year. Path. Let's go to UniPath, a Kathy Wood and Arc favorite. Um, and it, it's been hot. I mean, take a look at the daily chart. Has yeah, been pretty coming. hot since November. Q3 adjusted EPS 12 cents, beating the seven cent estimate. Sales of 325.92 million beat the 315.55 million estimate. A UniPath getting the path higher. Ha ha. I mean. This stock back in 2021 was $90. So it's been an epic disaster. It's a Kathy Wood darling. People who are asking, I had multiple people asking, why is ARC trading up 1% this morning? Why is ARC up with the market be up so much? Because she's got like 7% of her money in PATH. So if yeah. you think about, I think it's 6 or 7% of ARKK is PATH. So if it's up 16%, you do the quick math. If it's like 7%, that means that's a 1% move in ARKK. So literally they're pricing that in almost perfectly, the risk arbs. So it's all path. UI path is why ARKK is trading significantly higher here this morning. That being said, I mean, the stock is trying to break out. I mean, it's been destroyed. So give a perspective the other way. I mean, here's a stock that's 90 down to, you know, 10 bucks or nine bucks to 10 bucks, I guess, in October. It's gone back to 22. You're getting into an area where there's a lot of air because we went down so quickly in 2022 through these areas. So I don't know if I can necessarily just come in here and say it's an automatic short. I don't know if I'm investing in it either just because it seems like Kathy's the touch of death as well. And a lot of her companies just aren't <laughs> as good as she thinks they are. Yeah, the technically wise, of course, you could just look for the pre-market high to get taken out. I would like to see a attempt take out of the 22 and then recovery if I'm a bull on this stock. But of course, realize how much this is run already could always pull back here. I think this is kind of more if you see it still being a risk on environment, you still see Kathy up early in the day then that can maybe look at path uh, but nice little lift here on their earnings hard to chase it's hard, to, hard chase. to chase and you know what it's pretty hot so nick shaheen who is you know obviously a guest we had on this show for a very long time he'd always say too high to chase too hot to short i like that saying i think about that with nick a lot of times um that 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 you know applies to the stock in my opinion so it's a no touch for me the most hated stock in China, at least, at least I feel like it is. It's uh, our most Baba. hated stock in the world. It seems like it. Uh, Morgan Stanley downgrading Alibaba, holding to equal weight and lowering price target to ninety. Just the other day, Dennis, I had multiple people asking me, like, like 
I'm, I want to go after Baba, like giving me like, yeah, I want to dip by this. And I'm like, sometimes, I mean, you just have to see relative performance to the others. And if I'm buying one, I'm buying PDD. They just love that stock. Compared yeah. to Baba, look at this. This is almost halfway back. Yeah. Where Baba is just the darling. Like, it's just like thrown in the trash and forgotten. Yeah. I sold it after the Ant IPO. So I had this in the long-term portfolio. I'd originally bought it, I think, at about $110. And I sold it up at, I think, $280 after the failed Ant IPO. And I was concerned. I booked it. And I had to pay some big tax on that. So it was like a real, you know, sometimes I don't like selling stuff out of my long-term portfolio because I got to pay some tax on it. Most of that doesn't apply to me anymore because I have most of my long-term stuff in my RSP now. Um, which mm -hmm. was probably, you know, um, just a better way maybe to do because you don't have to pay the tax. But at the end, you have to pay the tax. So we talk about that later. Um, but Alibaba, I, I sold that. And then I sold the rest of it. So I held half. So I sold half up at like 280, I think, which was a really good sale in hindsight. And I think I sold the last half of like 150 or 160. And somebody said, you're selling the bottom here. And I was like, I don't know, man. I'm worried about China. I just don't want the stock in there anymore. So I didn't want it the winner to become a loser because, like I said, I'd originally bought like 110, sold some at 280. So I was always going to play with the house's money because I sold half. But then I was like, I'm getting rid of the other half too. So I sold like 150 or 160. Took a lot of heat from Twitter that day. Like everybody coming out and saying, here's the bottom, buy Baba now because I've sold it. Um, it's 73 here now. So very glad that I sold my Alibaba. I don't know what turns this story around. I mean, it, it hasn't turned around with a, you know, a, very hurt, you know, a very good year for tech. I mean, here's the stock sitting at a 52-week low. I'm just not sure what turns the story around. So I'm not bottom fishing in it either, even though valuation seems ridiculously attractive. I mean, it's been one of the biggest value traps out there. I mean, I don't. what's the PE on this thing? It's low. I mean, I think it's like 11, maybe less than that. I'm going to look right now. Trusty Benzinga Pro, I look at the details. Less. Let's see. PE is eight on a forward basis. It's eight. I mean, this stock is dirt cheap. But it just keeps getting cheaper. So I don't know what to say. Part of me wants to say, man, this is an opportunity that, you know, this is going to eventually turn around and people are going to start, you know, like liking this. But why such a value trap? Is there something else going on? Is it, you know, what happened with Jack Ma? I, I, I just don't know anymore with Alibaba. So I don't understand, you know, how some of these stocks, you know, go to these ridiculously low PEs. But they is do. It? People don't care much about PE. They care more about story. And the Alibaba story is ice cold. Dennis, is it the the debt here? Because I don't know if we have it correct, but at least from what I'm seeing here on Pro, I'm seeing 158 billion in debt for Baba. But when but I go retailer, to PDD, Mitch, so these carry a lot of debt. Like if you yeah, but when I go Amazon, to PDD, right? Wouldn't that be similar? And it's only at 1.6 billion in debt. Just, just stating from like what I'm seeing. Yeah, no, it's a good catch. Yeah, there. you're right, Mitch. That's and a then good I'm catch, only actually. seeing one billion in debt for PDD, so no concerns about what else debt are they carrying in there? It. Is it? I'm trying to think what that long term debt. You're right because I even look at Amazon. You're right. That is a lot of debt in there. That's a lot billion. of debt. I don't understand if that's that. That's right. So. Maybe the chat knows. I don't follow the fundamentals of this company closely enough to know why mm -hmm. they have There's something so to look debt. into especially if you're a yeah that's investor. interesting it's a good catch i'll get we'll have to get back I'll, I'll i'll research that why they carry so much debt there's obviously a reason yeah definitely and it's something definitely they have like a financial arm because sometimes when you get those financial arms they carry a lot of debt i mean finance companies have to does bob baba carry a financial like are they are they financing some of their own inventory and stuff that's i'm, I'm just asking out loud to the chat i don't know but I'm wondering if it isn't something with financing, 158 billion, but that's a crazy amount of debt. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I wanted to bring you guys a little bit something extra, like always, you know, Money Mitch trying to bring us something here. So we're going to talk a little bit about the Cybertruck event, of course, Tesla Cybertruck event yesterday. And I'm going to play you guys what I thought was definitely the clip that if you're a, you know, you're a Tesla bull, you're like, hell yeah. Go Tesla. So, of course, uh, Tesla's uh, Cybertruck event was yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Musk said things like the Cybertruck hard steel body was bulletproof and that its windows were rockproof. He said that you could tow over 11,000 pounds and accelerate from 0 to 60 per hour in just 2.6 seconds and featured a super tough composite bed that was 6 feet long 
here you guys have look check out this guys this is their feet of strength truck pool so essentially like towing capacity for an electric vehicle right dennis you talk about this all the time yeah with the ford f-150 yeah, it was a concern for me why i didn't buy the lightning i wanted to buy the lightning and then i read that you know that issue just before you show the video just to give the background and yeah. i read you know some reports that the lightning's towing capacity just drops so dramatically the battery like when you're towing and i'm towing stuff all the time i got boats trailers buying stuff i mean i'm always seem like i have my trailer hitch on my truck all the time it seems like i'm always towing something so i'm like it's very important for me so i'm like when i heard that you're only gonna get like 90 minutes and then you gotta go recharge when you're towing something I'm like that's absolutely useless to me yeah so that's why you know i'm i was very concerned with this towing capacity but obviously the, the tesla cyber truck's a little bit different story here let's see this video let's do it I'm going to put this, it will be in the corner here. We'll still be able to talk while the video is on. So Dennis, if you have any comments, feel free. For those yeah. who are really into the truck world, there's there's something uh, in the truck world called a, a truck pull. The truck this pull, is really the, the famous. The, the key test of how much power does your truck actually have. So you have to pull this uh, 40,000 pound sled. And uh, when we went to the track, we said, well, Okay, okay. Well, what's the best uh, that, that you've seen? I said, well, it's, it'd be the Ford uh, F-350 diesel. I was like, well, let's, let's put our truck up against that. Let's the, put it against it. The guy it. who runs the, the truck pool said, there's no way. There's no way. He, he thought you were going to get killed. Yeah, he was happens. like, there's no way that, that, that okay. this you're going to beat an F-350. So he's going against the Ford, the Ford 350. This is, yeah, oh, this is a classic. This is a classic. This is the lightning. Watch how it stops. 207 feet. That's all yeah. I could get it. Look at the Rivian truck. Look at the wheels. Look at the weight that it's actually pulling there. It's Rivian's, pretty good. Weight. My Rivian truck. I kind of like that Rivian, Rivian truck. Rivian got way farther. 256. And the now here's the real test. The a diesel 350. Diesel 350 here, guys. 262. 262. Now watch. The truck. Dun, dun, dun. Let's go! I like the music changes and everything for the side. Oh yeah, drive. they know how to make it. <laughs> Look at that thing just pulling it. Look. Look at it. Look at it go, man. How far does it get to? Past the limit. Past the <laughs> limit. Three seven. Three hundred seventy feet. So the most powerful truck. Wow. Dang. I mean, that's cool. The thing is hideous, though. Let's be honest here. That's a hideous-looking thing. I mean, that lightning is beautiful. That Cybertruck is just hideous. I remember I wanted the Cybertruck before I saw it, and then it came out, and I was like, wow, is that an ugly truck? I just couldn't bring myself to uh, put an order in for it. But, you know, here's here's what, you know, you know, a, a, an interesting, you know, thought, you know, and well, not even interesting thought. I think a lot of people are thinking it. I mean, how many orders do they have pre-orders? Like 1.5 or 2 million pre-orders out there. It was a crazy amount. But it only costs 100 bucks to do a pre-order here. So I'm like, I think a lot of people just threw, and you get your 100 bucks fully refundable. How yeah. many of those How many of those pre-orders are actually going to turn into, like, you know, people who take possession of a new Cybertruck? Half? I bet you it's way less than half. I bet yeah. you it's like 10 or 20%, if that. So, and I mean, you can't just say, oh, there's 1.5 to 2 million pre-orders and they're all going to order it. It was 100 bucks, fully refundable. My buddy from Bray Trading has one that he's got the pre-order. I said, are you taking delivery? He's like, hell no. He's like, I just bought that thing because then I thought I could sell it. So, but then again, apparently, apparently you can't sell it. So, it's not transferable. So, anyways, 100 bucks though, I mean... You throw a hundred dollars down, maybe it was going to be awesome. Maybe you're going to want it, or you get your hundred bucks back. So I think a lot of those pre-orders, those one point five to two million pre-orders, are going to be like a lot less than we think. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think this was actually a good comparison. Someone in the chat saying that this is a useless comparison. I think it actually is exactly what you want to see. I like that. It makes me want to buy the truck to a certain extent. I just can't get over the hideousness of it. So I probably I'll tell you what, it made me not want to touch the F-150 Lightning. I don't know about you, but that that video itself and, makes me And the like, strength of it isn't even a concern for me. It's more of how long that battery lasts when you're towing something. Because let's say I'm towing my boat or I'm towing, you know, a trailer, you know, three, four hour trip. Might have to stop twice, three times to like recharge while I'm pulling that because that's yeah. a pain in the butt. 
So that's where my concern was, is that battery life just not lasting. Because I know when I tow with my F-150 regular, I have an F-150. I've had an F-150 since 2008, you know, or 2009. I bought my first one, then I bought a second one. Now I've got my third F-150 I'm on. Love the truck. The F-150 is great. But the Lightning is so much more money and towing capacity. And the, and the, and the regular F-150 tows, you know, like obviously, you know, we're not doing tractor pulls with it. It's I just want the I don't want to have to fill up every you know twenty minutes. So that was my concern originally. I thought all the way I was going to buy Lightning, uh, but once I heard about that towing capacity, I was like, no, thank you. I'm going to wait. So that's you know my concern. But it sounds like the towing capacity is going to be a little bit better with the Cybertruck. The support of all support. Talking technically, of course, from the price action that happened. Yeah. Um, I was watching it this whole time when the event was going on, and we could not get through the two forties. So I want to give you guys that insight because I was literally watching the price action. Every time we'd get to the two forties, it'd get hit. It'd find some seller. So that's one level that I'll be watching to see if we can recover at some point today. But of course, you see the daily support here on the right-hand chart, uh, multiple supports around that kind of 230, 60, 232 area. If we go through there, I don't know, man, maybe it fills this gap. And so uh, both ways, let's see what happens today. It did not get the love and it looked like it was what I thought maybe would happen and buy the rumor, sell the news event. Will it be continued to sell news event? What do you think, Dennis? Does this keep going down? Price yeah, I'm concerned on Tesla. Yeah, and this is a David Trainer. Bring in our guest, David Trainer, because he does yeah. talk Tesla every once in a while, too. Let's so I want to bring him into this conversation on the Tesla stock. You know, we did the here. Obviously, he's in the background here. So bring on David. Let's do it. David Trainer, founder and CEO of New Constructs. It's good to have you, David. Of course, you probably watched our lovely Tesla video dragging uh, some kind of trailer there and uh, really competing against Ford there. Two Ford trucks that it beat. Um, recent price action. How do you see Tesla, David? Yeah, you know, look, I think the, the Cybertruck, I have to agree with, with Dennis. Uh, I mean, it is hideous. Uh, and <laughs> you don't want to go to Mars? You don't want to go to Mars, man? It looks like it should go to Mars in that thing. Yeah, I yeah, think those are the I mean, future Mars. Playing, Mars. Mars has been a distraction from the struggles in the Tesla business for like mm. five or six years. I mean, I remember he used to miss production goals and say, oh, yeah, but we're going to Mars. And it's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> don't pay hey, attention what to what say? this hand is doing. Just look at this hand, right? I mean, that's kind of – and a Cybertruck just feels like another one of those. I also agree with Dennis. A lot of those pre-orders may not be – actually filled uh i just don't know if the underlying utility of that truck is 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 as good as what it's hyped up to be i just don't know how many people want to spend over a hundred thousand dollars for a gimmick there was a tweet from gene munster who we also follow too and he follows his company very closely and i just found it interesting as well trying to uh just refine that tweet here right now but gene said last night my sense is this is from gene munster who we've had on the show lots of times my sense is by the end of 2025 pricing will come down by 25 percent this is talk for the Cybertruck as production efficiency improves. At that point, sales should start to ramp. That means the first big year for Cybertruck will likely be 2026. So, I mean, you're looking out, you know, almost three years before you're going to get a real earnings boost here from the Cybertruck. And that's from Gene Munster, who, you know, is, is you know, often very bullish. So with his forecast there. So, I mean, you're looking at it here. It doesn't feel like the Cybertruck is coming to save this stock anytime soon after listening to Gene Munster. We got the little, you know, pre-event pop, which you usually do. And now you get the after, you know, math where it often sells off after this event here. David, you follow this company. Talk the fundamental story here. I mean, obviously, the multiple here has been extreme for a very long time. A lot of people believe things like the Cybertruck are going to allow Tesla to grow into that multiple. Talk just, you know, the fundamentals, you know, about Tesla. The business, not just the Cybertruck. Yeah, it's it's uh, look. Even Musk has said the thing. The, the Cybertruck won't be free cash flow positive for several years, right? And and I, I have a hard time believing that it's going to to do even what Gene Munster says. And you're right, he is like the 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 most among the most bullish folks out there on Tesla. And frankly, as someone who focuses on the fundamentals, I, I continue to just be bewildered by how positive people can be. I think this is. Because we live in a time where people want to believe that there's some magic man out there who can solve all of our problems so that we don't really need to worry. I think that's just Musk is just filling that role 
like that he's just going to magically fix things and he's going to be the best person on earth for the environment and all this just ridiculousness because people honestly are just too lazy to recognize that there's real problems out there that no one person can fix. And, and that's, that's sort of what I see when I look at the fundamentals of Tesla and I see just how limited the profitability is. Yes, they did get to some marginal level of profitability. Uh, it's way worse when you take out those regulatory credits, which everyone believes are not sustainable. And then when you look at the valuation, you know, it implies that Tesla is going to own something like 70 to 80 percent of the entire electric vehicle market. OK, I'll say that again. The stock price implies that Tesla will own 70 to 80 percent of the entire electric vehicle market. That's what they got to do to justify the price. So yeah. when you say, yeah, the multiple's high and the Cybertruck's going to help fill the gap, I say, no way. It's not even close. And it's been like this for a while. Uh, yeah. This is one of the original meme stocks. And look, Musk is the master of hype. He is the modern day snake oil salesman, right? With a bigger microphone than anyone has ever had in the history of the world. He's good at using it. I mean, just look at what he did in that interview the other day. With did you watch that interview, David? What were your thoughts in that interview? I, <laughs> I mean, was like, people respect he's dropping F words on CNBC. What are he, your thoughts? People were, I, I, was, I was dumbfounded. I was like, this is people, what? Like, yeah. And I think the crazier he acts, it's like a cult. The crazier he acts, the more they have to be behind him. Because yeah. they're, they're in so deep, they can't bail out now. That's so true. The more that he just is like, oh, wow. There's like, oh, he just must be a genius. I'm like, no. This guy's not a good dude, right? I have a, a big question on that. And, of course, you guys see the chart here. Will we ever get back towards that 400? Do you think we ever get back there, David? I mean, that's pretty long ways away now. I mean, look, with this stock, you never know, right? I mean, I'm well, there's a good point there, too. I, I think true. we should take that. With this stock, you never do know because yeah. this stock is such a storied stock. And you're right, like what they were saying about the meme, you know, the original meme stock. I mean, this was the original social media darling before GameStop, yeah. before AMC. It was Tesla was the driver, like in social media, everyone talked about this stock. So, I mean, it has always got that premium because it is the social media darling. You know, the Kathy Wood, you know, it made, it made Kathy Wood. I mean, without Tesla, Kathy Wood is a big nobody. I mean, Tesla it made, made her. I think Tesla so, made a lot of investors and yeah. that's why they're so dedicated. But I also think the bigger sort of the hype, the harder it can, it can potentially fall. So when the bloom comes off the rose, I think this one could be a, a real sinker. And it feels like Musk is sort of tumbling toward that in eventuality as he sort of gets more and more eccentric and, and unhinged. I want to make a really good point, though, about He's that. He's already kind of been eccentric and unhinged, though. So to Mitch's point, that probably helps his sales because there's so many that love that he tells the major media to go F themselves. He loves, you know, that he tells the advertisers to go hey, F themselves. There was a lot like of the antagonists right now. I wasn't shocked by it. I'm sitting there. I'm like, holy. I've never heard a public CEO go on to a business network like CNBC and tell advertisers to go F themselves. This is just a whole nother level. Anybody and anybody gets fired for that immediately. But I mean, he's the CEO and this is what he how he runs his company. Yeah. And a lot of people really applauded it. <laughs> so it was mixed review. Some people were in shock like me and a lot of people thought, no, this is going to actually drive, you know, his stock higher here because the, the, the people on social media love it. Well, I think they're all in. They got to love it. They don't have a choice. You yeah, know, well, either, either they have to too. recognize that the guy is probably a little bit crazy and really full of himself um, and that they really shouldn't be trusting their money with him or they just got to go deeper in. And that's what he's doing when he the more eccentric he gets, the more he's drawing the cult followers deeper in. Because, again, either you got to quit it or you got to love it. Yeah. Uh, and he uh, and I think he's just, you know, he just keeps he keeps drawing them more deeply in by doing more and more ridiculous things. Let's go to the next love stock. Of course, uh, it ran into earnings and beat the earnings. I mean, some could say it kicked it out of the water, but ever since the action since then, been coming down. NVIDIA, of course. How do you feel this on this stock? Of course, how do you view the earnings? Um, we've seen the price action, of course. That's telling, but what do you see in NVIDIA, David? Yeah, Mitch, we were early on NVIDIA. I mean, we were, we were long this stock five, like five, six, seven, eight years ago. We just mm -hmm. couldn't believe how cheap it was because of, of how profitable it, it, it is. Great call. Yeah. And, and, it, and it, re it remains. And well, it wasn't such a great call, Dennis, because 
uh, it got expensive in our point of view, uh, not too long, not too much longer after that. So we missed most, a lot of this like huge run up, but I, you know, I think NVIDIA is another meme stock now. The valuation has become disconnected from the from the reality. We did a, we did an analysis like on this uh, last week. We actually talked about it on our webinar, and the stock price at, at um, current levels impro- implies that Nvidia's revenue is going is going to be greater than the GDP of Mexico in 2022. So so David, I, I was actually confused on this one here, and I tweeted back at you on it because you know I'm with you sometimes on these ones. I don't know if I'm with you on this one here because. At this valuation, you were implying like that sales had to drive up to what price were you saying sales had to get to on NVIDIA? 1.4 trillion or something like that. You you needed 1.4 trillion in sales. Well, the market cap is only 1.1 trillion. So, you know, were you arguing that NVIDIA is going to trade less than one time sales? Because I don't understand that. Because that... Because again, Nvidia is is highly valued. There's no doubt. I won't I won't argue with you that the valuation is really you know high on this stock. I've argued that it could potentially grow into it, but I don't think it's you know there's not a lot of software companies that trade less than one time sales. Yeah, no. What I'm talking about that's that's a future. That's 15 years from now is what the okay. sales would have to be to justify the current price, right? And so um, if it stayed at the current at the current level and it still got to those got to that got to those revenues revenues you're right it would potentially look cheaper but we're, we're still talking i don't know um it's 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 a, a ridiculous I, level i think of i think your point just being that the revenue and i mean this stock is if we look you know the market has 1.1 trillion and the revenue is sitting down there in the billions and it's only 18 billion dollars I mean, you look at this and say, or no, sorry, it's more than that, 18 billion per quarter. So you got a, it's 70 or $80 billion. So, you know, it's trading 12 or 13 times revenue. It's expensive when you look at it on that basis. The one thing it's got going for it, it's margins right now are just huge. And those margins are going to come in. I think it was 74% last quarter. So, I mean, that's why this PE, you know, somewhat doesn't look that bad. The 4P is talking about 26 now. So, I mean, again, I think you're arguing that probably those margins come in and when you look at this on a price to sales, that that PE probably starts to, if those margins start to come down, that PE starts to go up in a hurry. So I think that argument, and there's some pull forward here too. So arguing against, you know, because I do have a small long position in my long-term portfolio on NVIDIA, so arguing against myself to a certain extent here. But I, I, I see your point on valuation. The one thing that I've been arguing is that I still think this is going to be the driver of the next bull market. I don't think like you're going to derail the story of NVIDIA anytime soon. I think if we do go into a next bull market eventually, I think NVIDIA is going to be one of your leaders, which is, you know, why I'm long this stock. And I don't feel the same about Tesla. I don't feel like Tesla's going to be the, you know, the game changer that has to be in everything. Tesla's still a car company where NVIDIA, I think, is kind of going to be in everything. Yeah, no, I think you're right. NVIDIA is much more dynamic uh, than than what Tesla is. And yes, you're right about the margins. I mean, the, the implied profits are uh, to, you know, exp- the stock price implies that they're going to be greater than the GDP of Ireland. And, and when you look at this on a chart, it's just, you know, you're talking huge, huge, huge increase in, in profits. That's, um, com- you know, growing at 33% compounded annually for 15 years. Um, very few companies in the history of the world have ever done anything like that uh, or anything close to that. Um, so it's an enormous amount of growth baked into the stock price as to what leads the next bull market. Yeah. I mean, uh, it doesn't matter, right? Fundamentals tend not to matter that much these days. Yeah. So if we need a leader that can be uh, ascribed to achieve incredible things, however magical they may be, NVIDIA is a better candidate than Tesla. It does feel like the Tesla story is continuing to get old as as Musk kind of, I think, you know, makes gaffe after gaffe. After gaff. I mean, you know, look, his anti-Semitic comments, uh, it's not the first time. Yeah. Uh, and he can cover it up. But I mean, the guy's... Sort of a walking disaster. I mean, his biggest enemy is his mouth. I will give you that. I do believe the guy's a genius, and I what he's accomplished is incredible. But again, his mouth, and you know, now we've given him a platform where he can say whatever he wants, whenever he wants. Some people love that, like we said before, but I, it scares me. Like I just think about all the advertising leaving Twitter. I think about people, you know, boycotting buying Tesla because of what he says, and I'm like. That just is a scary combination when you never know what he's going to say next. And I mean, one of his long-term supporter, Ross Gerber, you know, recently after the whole anti-Semitic, you know, comments that, you know, what he's saying, it wasn't anti-Semitic now, 
but I mean, it was interpreted that way for sure by at least mass media. I mean, Ross Gerber, one of his longtime supporters, contemplating Tesla. He was saying, I'm thinking about selling all my Tesla and moving to Rivian because of you know what he is saying, not because of what he's done with the company, but he just can't predict what he's going to say next. I mean, that's the biggest risk for the stock is what 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 comes out of his mouth. You make a good point, Dennis. And the look, what's come out of his mouth has also been the biggest benefit to the stock too. Because let's face it, in terms of putting up points on the board, real points, Tesla hasn't done that much compared to the valuation, right? It's all been about the mouth, whether it's rockets or whether it's chips in people's brains or whether it's Starlink or whatever. It's what comes out of his mouth. So um, it's sort of live by the sword, die by the sword. And I think he's going to eventually implode on, on that front. Uh, look, I mean, the guy's saying he's done more for planet Earth than anyone else. And like... <laughs> You know, I mean, who says well, he that? will pat himself on the back? We know that, <laughs> you know, look, and guys, let me ask you a question. Like what kind of leaders tend to be better leaders, leaders that pat themselves on the back or servant leaders who are the real, who are the people that create real value over time. You've ever had a good boss who was all about himself. No <laughs> such thing, right? It's a people lot, that care about making those around them better too. Yeah. Servant leadership is what works. Not this egotistical go F yourself. I'm the greatest person on earth. Yeah. That's this is this flag. is this is where uh it, it just seems to we have a different opinion it seems like in in majority of uh society nowadays, right? They they look for a little bit of hype and I I think that that Elon definitely brings the hype. I don't think we could say that he doesn't. Uh let's move towards something that you like here, David. Um definitely got the bulls hopping in the chat there. Uh, so let's talk There's about a lot something of people that you who like, like here, Elon David. Musk in the chat. So you're you're not making any <laughs> friends here today, David. <laughs> look, I, it's all I good. That's what it's about. Speak truth to power with Musk. I think. Look, you, yeah. you live by the sword, die important. by the sword in terms of the mouth. And um, look, the 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 um, you know, look, they're losing market share like crazy in the electric vehicle market. People are coming in like crazy. And then look, you got to look at the at the absolute huge contradiction of behavior and what he says here in the United States versus what he says in China. Right. All kinds of wrongdoings going on in China doesn't make a peep about that. So I think there's a lot of hypocrisy in what Musk says when you really take a look at the larger picture. It's easy to follow the headlines and the tweets and choose the ones you like and don't like. But if you want to really be discerning and be honest, there's a lot of hypocrisy there. There's a lot of contradiction. And it's really hard to say that you can trust the guy if you if you look at the bigger picture. All right, guys, let's get a wrap up here. CEO, new construct, David Trainer. Always good to have you. And um, we will see, of course. And uh doesn't look like everybody appreciated that Cybertruck delivery event. Uh, definitely downside action from there. We'll see if it's still the sell the news event today. Have a good one, David. We'll bring you back. Thank you. Good to see you guys. Thanks, David. All right, let's get back to the markets. How are we looking here? Are we finally starting? Still leaking a bit. Like I said, I feel like as with the day trader cap on, this is you know one of those days that might continue to leak and rips are going to get sold. I feel like we had a ridiculous rally that is going to get faded in the last 20 minutes. I feel like the 25 handles is all fluff, and I feel like the market wants to get back that 25 handles. So I'm holding off. I'm buying any dips, at least until we get that 25 handles uh, back. I may cover in some shorts, but not going long in this market right now. I feel like the next couple of days don't set up well. <laughs> I got to say, chat, uh, you guys at least made me get a, a couple chuckles in there. there um, the chat gets fired up, man. When you talk Tesla and you start, you know, <laughs> David is very outspoken. Guys, and, you know, I'm bearish we, Tesla too. We, so if you guys want to come after. But uh, we've got to give a, both viewpoints. We can't just come yeah. on the show and bring, you know, everybody bullish on or everybody bearish on. There's two sides to every story. And this is why we yeah, have a market. Man. There's a buyer and a seller. And I mean, David, you know, is, <laughs> is very much, you know, not a fan of NVIDIA. I'm long NVIDIA, not a fan of Tesla. And that's okay. That's why we have a market. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm kind of with them a little bit on some of the Tesla, not so, you know, you know like from a stock perspective, I do think Tesla, you know, is not firing all cylinders. I think NVIDIA is still firing on all cylinders. So we'll, we'll see. You know, but I think, you know, we just, it's important for us on this show to bring in, you know, people who are bearish every once in a while. Me and you are bearish lots of times. Yeah, man. It's just how it is, guys. Um, and, and one thing that I would say is, um, I've said it before, next year is not going to be a good thing for all autos, not just Tesla. I think it would be really bad year for Ford, really bad year for GM, really I've bad been year saying that. for Look all at the Ford automakers. chart. 
Ford getting no love whatsoever, trying to go back. He can't get off the 52-week lows. And you know what I'm going to say with Mary Barra, and obviously General Motors doing the huge buyback and the huge pop in the stock. It better not lose. General Motors <laughs> better not lose that 31.42 low from two days ago because then it that starts to like leak. Short. And I mean, <laughs> they just literally t- put everything out there to try to like calm investors' concerns, elevate the stock, doing one of the biggest buybacks in the company's history there. Hmm. I mean, they're talking about taking, you know, I, I forget what it is, like a huge chunk of the float down. So, I mean, they had a good year. So they got the money to do that. I just think when it gets to 2024, I think it's going to get tighter for people. I think people are not going and buying new cars as much as they were in 2023. I think sales are going to start to decline and continue to decline in 2024. I'm not a fan of owning the autos. And I've been punished having a couple of those lithium stocks in there, punished you know, directly from this automotive decline because you know I didn't you know really you know anticipate lithium getting hit as hard as it is, but it's getting hammered. <laughs> at least you guys weren't uh short of opinions in the chat and i actually like that because at the end of the day guys we're all doing opinions here there's no 100 percent way um if it was i think we'd all be just doing that one way uh let's wrap it up here of course let's get back to the overall market what do you think will be driving the bus today dennis and what will we be focusing on uh do you like maybe the energy trade still how would you thought of that oxy news to come in in the middle of the day um and can warren hang on to his oxy um okay so get let the chat know what the news is first of yeah, all I got you. Just, uh, yeah yeah i'll pull it up here i just didn't want to I, I wanted to pull it up as you kind of gave some yeah. technicals there but i'll pull it up here to kind of deliver it of course um and this was all based on a wall street journal report um that occidental petroleum is in talks to buy crown rock in more than a 10 billion dollar deal according to sources what do you think about this deal dennis i mean it's hard because i'm not following the industry that closely to know if this is a good deal or a bad deal just taking on more debt which is probably going to be the case for them to finance something like this is you know somewhat of a concern i don't own oxy i've been talking about the oxy buy zone of 57 to 50, you know, $8 a share. I mean, stock gets hit on this because obviously, you know, company, you know, right now, you know, investors are scared of debt. And when you're doing deals and taking on more debt, you know, and again, this is not a, this is just a rumor. I don't believe there's any, you know, uh, I don't Mm -hmm. believe this is, you know, this obviously could come to fruition, but I don't think we have, you know, any, you know, known this is going to go through or not. But, you know, talking about a potentially very big deal here, for Oxy, $52 billion company. They already have $18 billion in debt. They got to take on more debt for this. I don't love the idea of that either. Yeah, one thing that I'd point to is the relative performance from the others, right? Chevron was just so hated. Um, It it has been hated since the deal. And it can't get some love because, you know, again, you know, financing some, it's obviously a lot of stock deal, but financing with some debt on some of these deals, ExxonMobil, PXD, I mean, the stocks have not stopped going down Exxon over on Chevron since then. So Oxy must think that they want to participate in this. But we can see from a shareholder perspective, I think you won't, don't want this deal, at least All in right. the short term. All right, let's get back to the action. Of course, uh, we're going to wrap it up here. It's 8.58, team. We're going to get you guys over to the yeah. market open right now. Um, of course, there's a lot of stocks that came in this morning. The Pfizer news was definitely negative. Um, yeah. Ulta Beauty, I think one of the positives out of there here. Will you be looking at maybe some retail trade throughout this? Um, just to kind of No, I'm a seller of the rip here today. So if we get any bounces here, and I think we haven't really sold off much here yet. So I, I think yeah. overnight rip was a, a gift. I think we've got some weight here. I think we've got some nervous Nellies out here. I think that the, it just sets up. You know, you see this end of the month window dressing you get these ramps from a quantitative perspective usually on a percentages basis these are usually fades so i'm just going with the odds you know we talk about stock odds and rob Friesen and all that i mean i'm going with the odds here you see this end of the month window dressing they're usually more selling opportunities than buying opportunities so that's how i'm playing it i'm short some stocks we will see what happens there, guys. Um, and if you guys want to keep up with all the action, of course, we got live trading coming up next where I cover a lot of this action as it happens in real time. If you guys want to catch that, of course, just stay right here. We'll bring you over to live trading. That's coming up next at 8.59. I'm excited to see how the market closes today. And 
we will give you guys a little bit of insight. Uh, Dennis, do you want to let them know you're going to be out, my friend? Yeah, uh, so um, I'm going to be out all next week. So Joel and Mitch will be here with you. Lots of guests lined up here. It's going to be a good week. Maybe, you know, I can chime in one of those days on a cell phone or something. But I'm out next week here. So um, I, I don't take very many weeks off from the market. It's been almost three years since I've taken a week off from the market here. But I need some relax and refresh and, you know, get, you know, uh, my head back in the game here for going into this year end. So I'm actually uh, going to, you know, take next week off. I love the chat. At least giving you some love, my friend. And yeah, um, don't worry, guys. I, I too got deer in headlights. What? No, Dennis? Oh, man. I have not taken a vacation, like a full week off from the market since pre-COVID. When the last time I did that, the COVID crisis happened. That was the kickoff when I went to Jamaica and then COVID happened. <laughs> <laughs> Jamaica. I still remember yeah, the Jamaica yeah, trip, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, you had some fun. You were calling it. You just were a little bit I was scared going on that planning. trip. I almost canceled it because I was like, I don't want to get down there and don't get home. You know, and I, this was the end of January. And obviously, you know, it didn't materialize till March. So, yeah. you know, I was a little bit ahead of it. But I was worried about COVID. You know that. And I talked about this. I don't know if I want to go on this Jamaica trip. You know, I was saying because I'm concerned i'm gonna get on a flight not get home and i mean that could have happened so um, so yeah so anyways enjoy the markets without me you'll have a lot less liquidity next week so i won't be helping you out on that front so hopefully keep the markets alive here folks hey we'll do it you guys keep up Mitch, with you gotta Dick. step up the liquidity for me in my absence you know it you know it after hours action i'm gonna have to be on it all right dennis you have a good one my friend enjoy your week right, off thanks. by the time i see you next time i want to see a big smile because you had some time off enjoy it with the family i know the kids yeah. will have a great time take care dennis yeah. okay thanks all right guys we're gonna bring you over to live trading that's coming up next i hope you guys enjoy the action right here of course on pre-market prep we always got more for you guys and don't forget like always guys this is for educational purposes only not to be used as investment advice and opinions do not represent those of benzinga hosts and guests may maintain positions in the securities discussed today and like always we got more for you guys right here on benzinga coming up next you guys got live trading let's see what i can come up with today of course i'm going to keep the battle will we see some more downside pullback find out of course right here and like always guys if you're new to the show hit that like hit the subscribe and hit the bell to be notified first when we go live all right guys see you next time right here like always we're gonna keep battling and i got some trades that i want to talk about but you got to come over to the next stream to find out